1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: It's
3: Boomer and Geo on the fan and the CBS Sports Network. Top Studio Boomer Sizing Greg G and audience Boomer and Geo on the fans, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network and whoever you are in the free Odyssey app. Good Tuesday morning, Boomers got a couple of days off after a crazy Super Bowl week and post Super Bowl extravaganza. No, 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 not lazy, lazy. not lazy at all. Uh, well-earned, days off. Actually, I think he's doing some sort of work in these days off as well. He's not just even enjoying himself. There's some sort of work involved in this. That means Jerry is here, and he is back with us after uh, Rutgers Experience. he got him in at 3.30 in the morning on Monday. Good morning, Jerry. How are you? What
2: is up, G? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Did you get some sleep after I that did. Rutgers trip? I did, yes. I uh, got in late, got some sleep yesterday, woke up, the show was over. We always talk about that, how we... We take for granted how early we get up. Yeah. And so, granted, I got in very late on, uh, was it mm, Sunday night? And so, laid down, wake up, and it's 10.15 when I wake up. It's like, wow, the show's over. Already. show's over. <laughs> like, Greg's on his way home. That's right. <laughs> and you're just starting the day. Yeah, pretty wild. But uh, a very quick trip, and here we are. Yeah, I blew out of here
3: yesterday. Holiday, nobody around. Yeah. Didn't even, I mean, there was no salespeople back there. There was nobody here. Yep. And it was the Fastest drive home I've ever had, mm. an
2: hour and eight minutes. Amazing home. what it can be, isn't it?
3: An hour, and I said. If I had a drive like that every day, the quality of life for me would be exponentially better. Yeah, I know, but, but we, we don't have that. We deal we. with
2: it every day. We You're don't, more don't than, have you that. more than me, but yes, yes, uh, absolutely.
3: So the Nets end up firing Jock Vaughn I'm not going to spend a ton of time on that because they're lost and the and the team stinks. But this is just another example of turnover in this city with unstable franchises and coaches. And I remember there was a graphic, and they probably have it, CBS Sports Network, of all the coaches mm-hmm. that we have seen, managers and coaches in this town over the last... Well, just let's go back to when this show started in, in 2018. I mean, my God, yeah, the amount of people that we have seen. We just got to mention Giants, my Lord. Yeah, gi- gi- right, just with them. So then I started thinking, all right, Jock Vaughn's now gone. He's the next guy. Is there anybody in New York sports as we sit here today that's got any sort of job security? And I can make a case that if you go through every single one of them, the answer is
2: no. No, no there's not. Because no. if you look at the Giants, nope. You look at the Jets, no. No. The Mets, I mean, job security, I, he just got hired. I yeah, don't but, think you'd fire him after one year, but that's about it. But we don't know who he is. He could be a total mess, you, Carlos Mendoza. Yes, if they go 62-100, and 100, maybe he does get fired. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly possible. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, Aaron Boone has had it, but clearly not anymore. I mean, people have had enough of him, and if they don't win this year, you can make every case with the Juan Soto move that he could be. They could move on from him or can I don't know, and you look at the hockey teams. I well, mean, they fire hockey coaches all, no matter what, all the time. Right. So, to answer your question, no, there's not a single. Now I
3: know Peter, Peter Lobulette <laughs> just got here, and yes. he's got the team playing very, very well. But I mean, we just saw Gerard Gallant here for two years. Just gonna say, yes, they get the conference final
2: and then out of Even here. Even Vigneault was good. Yeah, right. He got to a, a cup yeah. final, right? You know, it's funny looking at that list. The first name that popped off the screen to me and I completely forgot he was here with Steve Nash. Yeah, I
3: know. Oh,
2: my Steve gosh. Nash.
3: Steve oh Nash God. was here during the... Jeff uh,
2: Hornetsch was the Knicks coach. I know. And then <laughs> wow. uh, Joakim
3: Noah pushed him down to the ground. Remember that whole aye, thing? yay yeah, yay. It is a, it, That is a scary list when you think <laughs> about it. <laughs> Who's... All right, so we're... This, wow. Keep, keep this up for a second, CBS Sports Network. Who was, out of all these guys that are on that yeah. list uh, since 2017,
2: who was the most embarrassing... Uh, for their franchise. I've I've got one. So all right, I think that's I think the easy answer is Mickey Calloway. Okay. Because of the way the press conference went, because of the way it ended, because of what happened in his personal life, I yeah. think Mickey Calloway is the easy answer. Um, if I went beyond that embarrassing in terms of just not being good or the way he carried himself? Both. All of it. All encompassing. <laughs> That's a great question. I'm going to take the hockey teams off the table yeah. for the moment. Um, am I really going to go Ben McAdoo? He had a really good year, though, with them. But it ended weird. And he had the stupid suit thing. Uh, Adam Gase Adam with Gase. the crazy eyes. And Adam Gase awful. is the one. So Adam Gase, yeah. so I I wouldn't... Three.
3: I've got three. got three. And then one's a sneaky one. Okay. So Callaway and Gase, and then my sneaky one is David Fisdale. Because Mm. David Fisdale came here with a lot of uh, hype and positivity because he had coached Memphis and he had done very well there. He comes here and the team, I mean, they were so bad. They quit on him. They basically said that he, the practices weren't being even run. They had no strategy in the game. I mean it was so yeah. bad.
2: You would know that more than me, yeah.
3: So that was that was a sneaky one, but I, I think the I think the answer is is probably Adam Gase. I mean it has more to so be more so than
2: Mickey Calloway?
3: Yeah, and I understand that Mickey Calloway had his uh you know, tricky Mickey stuff and the texting and the weirdo thing that happened but- afterwards, but yeah, I need to, uh, uh, yes, I think so, because I feel like the Jets were a bigger disaster with Adam Gase than the, than the Mets were with Mickey Calloway. Fair
2: enough. I just, that opening press conference set the tone for Mickey what Calloway. What about
3: uh, Adam Gase's opening press well, conference? It, it was
2: the, the Crazy eyes. But th- th- that's because visually he looked like a lunatic. Yeah. The Mickey Calloway stuff, I mean, that audio will go down forever as yeah. some of the craziest stuff you'll ever hear. I remember Boomer like wanting to vomit.
3: Yep. Well, uh, we were playing it for him. Well, I mean, I know, and he he asked for, he still asked for it to this day. Right. Uh, that we're, uh, I'm going to love the players more than the players ever been loved.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, so I feel like what was his? they one and one A. I. But they, I know they were bad under Mickey Calloway, but how bad? So his managerial record. Let's just take a look and go see. Actually, he won more games than he lost. I mean, which is which is nuts. So they were in in 2019. They were they were ten games over 500. Mm. I mean, so he was seventy-seven and eighty-five and eighteen, and then eighty-six and seventy-six in nineteen, where Adam Gase was was way worse. What they win with Gase? God, I mean, they won a lot. Well, the, remember that one year? I think they won two games at last year because that was the one where they went out and beat the Rams, and that Trevor Lawrence right. Zach yep, Wilson yep, yep. thing happened. Right. So I think that they they were really really so that that first year I want to say that first year they win seven maybe mm. and then that second one was was really really horrendous all right so we'll take a look just quickly with Adam Gates. so yeah he was all right so seven and nine his first year with the Jets at 19 and then two and 14 and 20 and he was gone right. And he was just such a strange guy. Like, like Mickey Calloway was strange in like a goofy way.
2: Mm-hmm. But I, it, the that, country bumpkin.
3: Yeah. And his first press conference was was terrible. But then after there's a moth in here. How does a moth get in here? <laughs> anyway. So, uh, that, but after that, you felt like he was just like, Oh, okay. You know, I'm a man. And we just talk, I'll go in the bullpen and, and I'm going to get these guys and dry hump them. And he would just be like, Okay, fine. Adam Gates would just, we pulled the hat down. He was strange. Didn't answer any questions. Yeah. Bizarre guy. Yeah. He was also hired by Christopher Johnson, and Christopher Johnson, of course, came in when Woody was overseas. Well, with a big endorsement from who? Peyton Manning. That's right. Yeah. So I mean
2: last time I listen to him. You
3: can't <laughs> I mean, we could can sit here and go back and forth on those two. I don't think there's a winner in that. They're both horrible, but those those guys are at the very top. Yeah. But I, I throw my sleeper is David Fisdale in there, but, but Mickey Calloway and Adam Gase have been the worst. Now, Jock Vaughn, who's the latest casualty is uh and David Fisdale if, if Al grew that beard he would look just like David Fisdale. We've Fizdale. said this it's uh,
2: unbelievable. Yes. But oh, anyway, He has to lose some weight too.
3: Yeah, well that's true. Yes, but but the head shape and Agreed. the glasses and everything. Um but uh <laughs> Jacques Vaughn, the latest I'm casualty. I'm looking at the two of them right now. <laughs> I know it's incredible and that's not even a good one. Like if you <laughs> no, get one that's it's like true. straight on it's it's it's, it's really <laughs> remarkable. Uh but we're not going to really remember or or uh, anything about Jacques Vaughn that's going to be uh, everlasting like no. Adam Gase or Mickey Calloway, but you know I, I I wouldn't be surprised if we had two new football coaches here next year. I I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if we had a a new Yankee manager. Now I understand that those guys and Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone are sort of tied at the hip, but if they have a disappointing year this year. I, so
2: disappointing, and that's we always talk about. Miss the playoffs? playoffs. Oh, miss the ball? Miss the playoffs? Yeah, exactly. no, yes. no, miss the playoffs. I thought you were going to say if they don't win the World Series. No, 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 mean, no. That's been the that's the one thing about this whole Yankee run what? that has been disappointing that they haven't won. And I, I understand that, but they've also won a hell of a lot of games every year. And so then you come back to let's say the Yankees are what they've been, and they're a playoff team again this year that doesn't win the World Series. Are you making a move, or are you? Staying with stability because they win a lot. No, I mean, I think
3: that it sort of depends how it goes because I always bring up the uh, getting swept by the Astros after barely getting past the Guardians and them overrating themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if if they're right there and like losing a a, a really heartbreaking game seven of an ALCS, then how mad can you get? Well, they did it once to Joe Girardi. Yeah, Right. That's true, but that was more of a Brian. You're absolutely right, but that's more of a Brian Cash. But I've had enough. This guy is grinding uh, me uh, more than than I would like. I want some guys going to listen to me more. That's really what that was. They were playing heads too much,
2: which is really personal. And if you think about it, you kind of bit your nose to spite your face. If you think about it, sure. And I'm not saying that Joe Girardi would have won a World Series uh, if had he stayed. But I mean, you were literally a run away from and a game away from winning again, being in the World Series again, and they they moved on, and it hasn't been as good since. hasn't been bad by any stretch, but it hasn't been as good. No. No, no, it
3: has not. Uh, so, yeah, this is another... And I mean a disappointing year like this past one. I understand yeah, they finished yeah. over 500, but that was a year you felt like they were dead in July uh, and the Aaron Judge injury sure. and missing the playoffs and all of that. Uh, quickly, side-by-side here, David Fisdale, Al oh, Dukes on CBS Sports Network. Uh, yeah, I mean that's <laughs> it's 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 strikingly remarkable. In his clue, you
2: look like he could be a sibling.
3: Yeah, we yeah, yeah, you know without a doubt, hundred percent he could be a sibling. Like I think the nose and the head shape very much
2: so. Man, if you grew that beard, out you just grew the beard, little yeah. bit. <laughs> right, there. the hair on top, just a little bit. That's yeah, tremendous.
3: I know that everybody says that every bald guy looks the same, but that's not, not true. Not like This that's not true. If He's, I
2: put a side by side with him in Salicata, they don't no, look the same.
3: No, they do not. Mm-mm. No, I, absolutely not. Uh, so, yeah, so there you go. There's <laughs> another one of these unbelievably sad runs in New York sports with with a coach. I mean, it's just, that list, more than any other graphic that yeah. CBS Sports Network could put up, that list tells more of it <laughs> is another good one. <laughs> There's another good side-by-side between the two. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that's tremendous. Uh, anyway, but uh, more than any other graphic. That shows you the ineptitude of what we've had to deal with around here, and I just and, and I mentioned like the the guy who's probably got the best chance of longevity is Tom Thibodeau. He's probably got the best chance, but even him, I could make a case that if these guys don't get healthy or they have a disappointing ouster if they lose in the first round of the postseason. I wouldn't be shocked, and they go and trade for a superstar in the offseason that he would be
2: gone. Like I could make a case and for then that they too. Get the superstars guy in, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, it's it's incredible. Got, at
2: some point, there's got to be something said for stability, consistency. I'm not even saying longevity, but you can't just keep running through
3: guys. But which one of these years? guys? And I understand hockey is different. Like, so you can look and say that Vigneault, Gallant, right. Those guys probably shouldn't have been fired when they were, but the nature of the hockey coach is just that the second that you feel like there's something stale, they're gone. It just happens with every organization in that sport. But is there a guy... And we'll find out maybe Buck showalters is that guy. But is there a guy in that list
2: where you're like, man, they really moved on? So that's the one that I immediately that I look to, and I believe that they should have gone into the final year of his contract and let, it, let him manage. You won 101 games the first year. Last year was a disaster for a variety of reasons. What's the real deal? I would have given him this year to see, especially if it was this type of I don't want to say, I guess it's a reset year. Um, They still do have a core on this team. You know, when you look at this team compared to the last couple of years, how different really are they? Now, I know you can sit there and yell at me with the pitching. That's a big deal. I'm, I'm not throwing that away. But when you look at the lineup, how different really is the lineup? I mean, you still have the core essentially intact. Um, I can make the case looking back to the Scherzer-Verlander disaster. They might be better pitching this year than they were last year because those guys were so incredibly disappointing. But that's the one guy that I would look and say, you had a guy who we know can win. Last year, was that an aberration or was that really what it is? Especially in a season where you want to see what these younger players have. I would have kept him, but other than him on that list, I don't know that there's another person I would say that about.
3: Yeah, and I was really disappointed that he couldn't keep things together and keep those guys focused, especially in the beginning part of the season. But what it felt like to me is they had that that great year and everything was phenomenal and then it ended so quickly and so disappointing and it was like, man, we gotta start this whole process all over again just to get to that point. Then you threw the World Baseball Classic in there where you had a lot of guys that weren't there in spring training. And I remember Buck having all those weird folksy press conferences where he's telling stories around a campfire. It just Mm -hmm. didn't (laughs) seem the same as it did the year before. Then you get the Diaz injury and the whole thing just
2: started off to this very negative start. And he never got it back. And keep in mind, too, and this goes back to a couple of weeks ago when he did that podcast, you could tell he was bothered by that whole... You, you see where the disconnect was with the whole analytic thing and the way he wants to manage games. So I understand, I, I watched that and I'm like, yeah, he needed to get out because the game's passed. Not passing him by, but the way the game is run now is passing him by. So I do understand it. But in terms of the list that's the guy that I would that I would point out
3: yeah and we'll see I mean maybe Carlos Mendoza ends up being the guy that brings a championship back to the New York Mets and will forever love him but I mean I
2: let me ask you this and this is this goes to a, a, a different conversation I suppose like how much control do these guys now even have and I know this has been building for years and years and years but you know these managers and, and, and coaches make so much less than the star not even just the star players like the good players. What control do they even really have over them anymore?
3: Nothing. Yeah, there's only a few out there. That's why we've been saying this about baseball managers forever. There's only a few. Basically, what the manager is is a guy that's got to work well with a GM that
2: probably has better job security than he does. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. But even like a guy, right? Here's this would be the example to me. Eric Spolster in Miami is now, I think, the highest paid coach. I think it's 15 a year, which... Pales in comparison to what the top NBA player... Jimmy Butler probably makes 40 a year. So he makes two and a half times what his, what his coach makes, actually probably even more than that. But at least in Miami, you know that Spolstra has a terrific contract and he is backed by Pat Riley. So if you're going to walk around there and you're going to question him, you might be the one that gets shipped out, not the coach. Everywhere else, it's not like that. You don't play well, you can tell the coach to go bleep himself and guess who's going to be gone? The coach no control no power
3: yeah you're right there there's a few there's there's a few right away that command the respect just by their name and their reputation but outside of that i mean you you got a long way to go to earn respect i also think it helps when a coach and a quarterback in the nfl come in together and you're basically tied to each other's success uh but if if you're someone who like for example you know, Matt LaFleur coming in with Aaron Rodgers there and that thing working, even though they right. ended up splitting. But that was, I, I can't even imagine how hard that had to be for Matt LaFleur, who was, I think, might have even been younger than Aaron Rodgers or I right around so. the same age. Yeah,
2: I think two years younger.
3: Yeah, to come in and then to have that success that they had together. And there was a couple MVPs that Aaron Rodgers won. I mean, that that's a very, very tough thing to do. So you're right. And then baseball... I mean, it's just, it's kind of keeping guys focused, keeping them together, making the right decisions when it comes to the bullpen. And outside of that,
2: just don't screw it up. Right. I think it's the clubhouse. You got to have a good clubhouse. You have a good clubhouse and the guys want to play with one another. You might get good results. Yep. So who's next?
3: Who's the who's next guy
2: next to get fired? That's a great question. Hmm. Kevin Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Doesn't even count. No, he does. Not no, that, as an interim head coach. That doesn't count. Uh, I'm going to say. If it, if you say Tibbs, that would be very disappointing. No, uh, I'm going to say Aaron Boone. Mm. So you're expecting not a great season from this. Team. I don't
3: want to say that. I'm just saying that he. What well, if he gets fired? I know. I know. But I, I, this is. I'm kind of playing both sides here, which I shouldn't do. My point is that he's he would be the next one if they have a bad season. True. And that would be All before right. the
2: football season starts and everything else. Let me ask you this: Yankees at the end of their season, yeah, borderline playoff team. Jets get out to an zero three start. <laughs> Rob Sala could go before Aaron Boone. He could. <laughs> That's fair. Zero three in September. Aaron Rodgers out there. They're not playing great. Enough of this. Yeah. Yeah. You.
3: You know what? That. That. That is true. And then, But then, who you going to elevate Nate Hackett? I have no coach? idea. I
2: Listen, don't ask hard questions. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just giving you a scenario where it could be the football coach before the baseball manager. Yeah, that would be a lot of disaster.
3: <laughs> well, we're used we're, to we it. We right? are used to it. <laughs> All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan. Jerry in for Boomer this morning. we got CeeLo with us coming in just a couple of minutes. Hi, right, Boomer and G.L. on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Now, I thought that coming in here and doing updates for us would be beneath CeeLo after co hosting the midday show yesterday. What a drop off, huh? Uh, Little co host of the midday show, and then you got to come in here and do mop up duty because Boomer's off. I mean, know, this has got to be a, is My
2: job, mop up duty. Yeah. <laughs> utility
4: player that's my versus, job. did you bt in his uh post show tweet yesterday said team player that's right that's yeah. what i am team player
3: man you guys love to go to twitter and and x and and interact with the fans bt does this too like he loves the that the uh, interaction going back and forth yeah i think mean, there's nothing wrong with it but you're just in you're just into that you, know, you do like a little like post show
4: synopsis. I can't speak for BT, but for me, you know, who's not a regular around these parts, it's a way to you know keep up uh, keep up appearances and a profile. You know, so how did it go yesterday? I enjoyed it. I had a great time. Everyone was great. We enjoyed working with him. It was very smooth and easy. Hoff and Dove were great, too. So we had a good time. It was fun for me. Obviously, off of the stadium series, there was some, some hockey talk. Not so much the X's and O's of Rangers Islanders, but more so the bigger picture. So sure. enjoyed that, and I thought it flowed nicely. I don't know what everyone, what everyone else thought, but, you know.
3: So Boomer asked when we were wrapping up the show yesterday before you guys started, <laughs> will CeeLo get steamrolled? Yes. <laughs> By BT. And, and I said, yeah, probably, because there was a day I remember Boomer was off towards the end of Christmas prior to Tiki and Tierney starting. And Spike asked if those two guys could fill in in separate days so the audience get to know them a little bit more and everything else. So I was like, yeah, fine, whatever. Now you got to remember, this is like the last two days before Christmas break. I am shot. The ratings period is over, like, and then Tierney, who hasn't done a full time show on Fan yet, is comes in here like a just a like a meteor, you know, just <laughs> jamming up the gay gap, hurling towards Earth, you know. <laughs> so I just, I, I basically in that open, I just wave the white flag. Go ahead, man, fine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you you can take it. And then I just sort of sat here and uh, let him run the whole thing. Did you feel like that was going on yesterday?
4: No, I did not. Now, I will say, look, both he and Sal, as you guys know, they do not lack in the energy department, that category. But for me, who doesn't do a a five-days-a-week program like you do and at the end of the year and the holiday break and all that, something different, there's an excitement level that comes with that. But, I know I did not feel that way at all. He was obviously leading and steering and quarterbacking the show. Yes. But I thought we had a nice back-and-forth dialogue. My dad even called in, unbeknownst to me, so, oh. I mean, once he was on the air, I knew, but it wasn't like I was like, "Hey, give me, give us a call." So it was fun. You know, who, it. You know who
3: hated that when people in your life would call in when you'd have rare hosting opportunities, whatever it was, was Chernoff. He always just say, "Don't have Don't, your friends yeah. call in. <laughs> Nobody cares. Only they care." <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like, and then if. <laughs> If I, like the first overnight I did, I got a bunch of calls or whatever. He's like, I don't know how many people were your friends
2: that you had calling to make it seem like they were callers. Great yeah. job, Greg. Oh, right. I love listening to you. Hope, yeah. hope this is the first of many. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mark I would have rather heard you drown on the air by <laughs> oh, yourself right. die. Die. Yeah. Uh, by the way, like you, I heard Mark yesterday on uh, 107.1 in, uh, in Jersey. Nice. Sounds like a different human being. Mm. Right. As happy as can Could be. Could not have sounded more <laughs> different. And a McMonagle, I guess,
3: is hosting with BT tomorrow. Tomorrow,
4: and then Keith on Thursday, I believe. Sal's wow. in today and Friday. Oh,
3: okay. Yes. All right. A
4: little piecemeal week.
3: Yeah. So it's just every BT's just rolling everybody through. Yeah. Huh?
4: Little uh, parachuting in. Little guest
3: hosts, co-hosts. You know, it was fun. Thursday here we're going to have Kevin Clancy, uh, KFC nice. from That'll Barstool, very cool. In for the uh, for the full show. So I was excited that he said yes to that. No, no, no. Uh, So that'll be uh, that'll be fun. Another guest host on this uh, February break week, if Mm. you will, for many, but not for us. It's a week
4: we always have to kind of manage our way through, right?
3: (laughs) Yes, that that is correct. What what can we do (laughs) with our children when they are off in the wintertime in the Northeast? What do you do? Uh, You got to figure it out.
4: All right, CeeLo, what's going on over there? All right, we're brought to you by the Farmer's Dog, fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. Also brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. So, yes, Yankee position players officially reporting for spring training yesterday, Juan Soto included, who showed up for his press conference wearing a Yankees hat and then the T-shirt that read, The Generational Juan Soto with an image of him swinging the bat. So it was a good-looking shirt, I will say that. I don't know if he's just looking to sell T-shirts or that's a little subliminal message, whatever the case may be. Uh, whether he's here in New York for one season or for the remainder of his career, if nothing else, he certainly sounds like he's looking forward to this 2024 campaign.
2: It's going to be electric. It's going to be fun. Um, there's a lot of Latin community over there, so it's going to be really, really, really exciting. It's going to feel like home, uh, and I'm more than happy to be there. I mean, it's going to be electric. Outside it's of be It's going to feel that. like home. Yeah, I'd be home. <laughs> like, well, maybe. <laughs> remains. I know. Seen.
4: Yes. I know. Uh, punting on any questions about his future with the Yankees beyond
2: this season. We've been talking throughout this offseason and everything, but definitely I uh, let Scott do whatever he's doing. For me, I'm just focusing 24. Uh, I'm here to
1: play baseball. Scott, you say Boris, God? As oh,
4: Scott Boris is agent, not God. Sorry. Yeah. So I, I mean, my Boris might feel like God to Soto, depending on no, how no, much no, money no, no, makes I, him. But yeah, I got it.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. And of course, Aaron Boone then's already getting the questions about the batting order. What are you going to do with oh, Soto and? They're going to hit. Yeah, That's what they're going to do. Right? Exactly. And he did say he feels like they're two of the best hitters in the game, and looking forward to putting them together. You've got the Giancarlo Stanton stuff, where he said uh, Brian Cashman knows how he feels about uh being labeled as injury prone, which of course we had go on. During the off season, and then I thought the money quote from Stanton. I haven't seen audio uh, anywhere of it yet. I'll continue to look for it. I don't get paid to be a stand-up guy. Say the right things. I'm here to produce and help us win a championship, and that hasn't happened. It needs to be done. So the one thing we can say about him, he's been a pretty accountable guy. In that
2: picture, yeah, they're showing. He looks like he's getting set to go get a mimosa and sit by the pool. (laughs) (laughs) That it really doesn't look like the same guy i mean and aaron judge looks bigger Jacked.
3: than yeah i mean yeah. and bigger not in a bad way yeah more muscular just than thick, i've ever seen broad
4: yeah wow yeah swole Swole is right. That one's not the one I showed Al. I thought was more striking. This is probably a fairer representation that they're showing. I mean, yeah. So here, it's not like Stanton is you know twig and bones now or anything like that. He's still he's still muscular, but he's definitely slim. leaner. Yeah, leaner, slimmed down. He said he, he was healthy all off season, so well, he, he wasn't doing it. he
3: wasn't running to first base, right? right?
4: <laughs> <laughs> so he attacked it a little bit differently, less weights, more, you know, movement, flexibility. He wants pliability. to get back to being a yeah. baseball player, made some swing changes. Yeah. So like these I just are said, things that we hear this time of year. A
3: few months ago, if I were John Carlos Stanton, I would go right to Tom Brady and say, because that whole pliability thing that Tom does, like that would yeah. be the first thing I would do. Go the right to The only difference
4: him. is and Brady never at any point in his career looked like, <laughs> like Stan. No, did. but...
3: But I'm sure whatever he was doing, I mean, because that was was the biggest, hydration and pliability were the two things that Tom Brady said that are the most important thing to an athlete, which probably would help with his, uh, what do you call it, Uh, tissue injuries. Soft soft tissue tissue injuries, yes. Yes.
4: And elongated Brady's career, obviously. So we'll see if that works for Stanton. At least trying something a little different. Because obviously it hasn't been working for him on uh, the last couple of years. So we mentioned Scott Boris already. We know he's repping Pete Alonso now. You got questions about Alonso's long term future with the Mets beyond this season. Who might be backing him up at first base this year? Could be former Yankee Luke Voigt, who was in camp for the first full squad workout yesterday after signing a minor league deal. I think I have a role to you know possibly you know be a DH um, and obviously give Pete days off at first base and. I know my ability, and I think it was good last year being in Syracuse to kind of find, you know, a little bit of myself. And that's where he ended last season. I Uh, rode Luke Voigt last year. Good for you. (laughs) Hey, whatever works. (laughs) With the Mets AAA. I rode him for two months. It was fantastic.
2: Hey, a lot of crazy Friday (laughs) and Saturday nights there. All right, so Severino, Bader,
3: Mendoza, Voigt. Mendoza, right? There's others. There's another one in there somewhere, isn't there. there, might be of Yankees
2: a lot of former Yankees
3: coming on over who are we missing? there has to be like, there has, has to, to be, be one more I'm pretty sure there was one more
4: but that's on that's like legitimately gonna be on the team
2: or one of these fringe guys could be a fringe guy yeah
4: fringe guy fringe spot mm. I'll
3: look it up I liked all
2: the video of uh, Steve Cohen talking oh, all these guys yeah well but
3: yeah but he's been here
4: yeah, but I mean, still a guy in the team that was a former Yankee. You're saying there's more
2: beyond that? Nah, maybe I'm. Go ahead, Jerry. It. Would you like? No, it's just the, the, the Steve Cohen hanging out with all these guys, which is great. It's got to be weird, though. Like, you're Pete Alonso having the conversation. Like, I don't even know. What, it's got to be awkward. And so, I know you're under contract for this year, but all the conversation about his long term future, Yeah. does that even come up? Or you just stick to baseball? I don't know. Did you hear Alonzo over the weekend at all? I didn't. He basically
4: said the only thing we've talked about was because he was arbitration eligible right. and they settled before, mm-hmm. and it was just about that. Nothing that In his words publicly, whether yeah. there's stuff going on behind the scenes or with, with Boris, I don't know. But it certainly seems like this is not something that's getting done, and he's going to end up in well, free. Well, we know that. I'm just year. saying.
2: It's just, yeah. It just seems awkward to me. You have the conversation with the owner who can could control and could have signed right. him didn't. Now you got Boris. And now it's, uh,
4: and the owners knows? talking to the fans are giving him the business about Alonzo down yeah, there in well, Port St. Lucie a little bit. Expected. So, yeah. Uh, with the Angels, Mike Trout spoke to the media, doesn't want to take the easy way out and demand to trade, but he's urging ownership in the front office to improve their roster and bring in some more established players. Now, they're entering year five of that seven-year deal they gave to Anthony Rendon after his monster season for the 2019 really great, World Series <laughs> champion nationals, the, uh, disastrous numbers. So, yeah, he's been a problem he's eclipsed or hasn't eclipsed 58 games played in any of the last three seasons so we talk about stan when we get on stan this guy doesn't see the field and he's had some issues with the media at times along the way so here's his full exchange with them yesterday as he gets going for spring training hey do you even like baseball is it still a top priority for you
3: that's never been a top priority for me this is a job so i do this to make a living uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things
4: come before it, I'm leaving. Is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here. All right.
3: Do you want to be here? I don't want to
4: talk to you guys at
3: <laughs> seven in the morning or whatever <laughs> time it, it is. So, <laughs> Did you, I mean, do you want? I mean, do you want to like be here playing baseball? I have games?
2: answered your question. So why do you keep picking at it?
4: Oh, <laughs> yeah. You technically answered it. Thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> Now, he did say all
4: that with a smile on his face, so it didn't really get contentious or anything. Uh, this made the rounds yesterday. People weren't pleased with what he said. Definitely looks way worse in print than the audio. That, and also, I, does. and I think some of the things he's said and done or not said or done in recent years is probably yeah. adding to that. does kind play. of already have a bad taste yeah. beyond but, but Stanton doesn't play a lot, but when he speaks... You know, he's accountable, he says things sure. that make you feel like, okay, this guy's he's into it, he wants to be here, he cares. I'm not saying Rendon doesn't. That doesn't care. sound like
2: an all in player. It doesn't. Right.
4: But I think the family and the faith part, I mean, who could argue with that? I mean, when push comes to shove, I hope Agreed. we all put that first. You could yeah? sound
2: like you care a little bit yes. more though about your job. Yes,
4: and there were some questions about how legitimate some of the injuries he had when taking how, how long it took him to get back. So the funny thing little, about uh, like
2: what you said about trout about Gotta go out and get some players. Yeah. Like, I don't know. From by all <laughs> accounts, account, you had the greatest human being baseball player on the planet yeah. who pitched and hit and you still couldn't win. Yeah. So you need a little bit more than just go get a couple of players. It Technically you had a couple and one and it didn't work. It would seem so. I don't know if Boomer would call this touching the
4: money or maybe poking the bear, but uh new Raiders head coach Antonio Pierce. Fresh off watching the Chiefs win their latest Super Bowl title, he goes on Max Crosby's podcast and decides, hey, we've got the formula for taking down Mahomes and company because we beat them once in late November. So here you go. We got the Jordan rules, and we, I'm calling out from now on as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s before he came, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his Anytime he came to the home elbows, them filling them,
2: love taps. We touched them. we in the head, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm touching you. Yeah. I'm touching you spiritually. spiritually touch Mahomes. Now, yeah. uh, now, so I watched some of this. Number one, how did you beat Brady? Beat his ass. Correct. Yeah. So what he's saying is nothing new. I mean, no. that, that is true, no. and it's the only time Brady lost, essentially, was when the pass rush got yep. to him and he didn't have time to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Number two, if you watch it and I did not have time to go put the rest of it in, he gushes about Mahomes okay. after it Fair but enough. this is too good not to play
4: the spiritual touching
2: well just Mickey yeah, Callum and, and, S- and the Jordan rules and all that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and that gets the headline if you listen to the rest of it though like he really is like we got to go out and beat these guys the he yeah. owns the NFL right now. Yeah. Couldn't have said nicer things about okay. Patrick Mahomes. But well, thank that's you for the, clarifying. Well, no, <laughs> I mean, but that's the that's the fun line right there. Yeah,
3: I was uh, going through this yesterday, hoping that Max Crosby was going to ask Antonio Pierce, "You're still going to employ Danny Amendola as a coach on your staff after appearing on Boomer and Geo drunk." <laughs> Friday before the Super Bowl. <laughs> that was a question <laughs> that I was really hoping was going to be asked, <laughs> but he, oh, never, he never touched on it. He didn't get that's there.
4: That's By the
3: way, Danny Amendola, even though he was drunk, was perfect was. during that interview. Yeah. He didn't
2: slip at all. Actually, no, he said the S word oh, once. He did right. say that. Yeah. And I think Saquon would have been okay, too. I know I yeah. had him, but his agent wouldn't let him come on. I think Saquon would have been fine, too. Probably. Was, was he
4: uh, enjoying some adult beverages as yeah, well?
2: Yeah, and, and okay. gambling. I mean, it was wait, wait. only...
4: Four o'clock in the morning. Why are you hanging your head? Oh, you re- I thought you were like hanging your head at my question. Okay. Fair oh. enough. All right. Seems like maybe he was. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm missing no. something here.
2: No, nope. you're
1: not missing not at all. Okay. Al chased
2: you. him down in the hallway.
1: No, I know and about that agent
2: let him on. Yes. I, he wanted to come on. I didn't realize that there
1: was I mean, uh, chances are drinking he was involved. C- chances
2: are he was drinking and gambling. It was four o'clock End in the morning. his night. I'm forgetting <laughs> right. you guys. That was <laughs> the weirdest part, honestly. Yeah. The, the elevator would open and we're starting Wednesday and it's like, oh, yeah. It's still Tuesday night for all these people. right? Yeah, And they still had a long way to go because <laughs> it was 12.30 or whatever time it was. It was bizarre. Yeah, that is a little awkward.
4: Uh, you guys t- touched on the Jacques Vaughn firing, covered that. Obviously, you got Kevin Ollie's going to run, reportedly run practice today and then coach the team Thursday night against the Raptors. Rick Patino did give a quote to Newsday yesterday off of the uh, uncomfortable press conference, <laughs> we'll call it, on Sunday. And he says he truly wasn't ripping anybody. I was pointing out exactly in a monotone voice why we lost i'm not always calm and certainly not when i rip someone i was not ripping anybody i sometimes want my players to hear my
2: words and read my words and that was my intention on sunday it is funny and listen what he said a lot of things didn't come out well but it is funny how we sit there and rip these guys for lying to us yes. and not telling us yeah. what they actually think, and then when they tell us what they actually think, how could you say such rip a them thing for that? <laughs> yes. Well, yes. I
3: think I think the bigger part was the fact that he put nothing on himself. Yes. I mean, he and he was making excuses about how he couldn't really evaluate these guys because it's his first year and the transfer well, portal and all this stuff. I mean, fine, it ain't changing. Dude. If you want to it, right if you if you want to tell me all those things about the players but I mean you got to say I did a bad job yeah. bringing them in and putting together and
2: coaching. All just true. a little bit of that. Oh true, but I like there were some of the quotes that were out there. How could you say such a thing? How could you say this? He's being honest. Right. He's being honest. And I gar- I would almost guarantee you that team will have five or six or seven new players next oh, year. Absolutely. Every year the turnover now on all these teams is ridiculous. 100%. you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Hi, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Shaq's got his podcast. Everybody's got a podcast, but Shaq has his. And Jason Kelsey went on Shaq's podcast and basically told him don't play again and enjoy everything that happened in your career. And don't try to go back and 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 spend time with your family and spend time with your kids because I screwed everything up myself and I'm trying to tell you to not do that. Yeah, I watched this uh sad actually. I know. Very I mean, sad. so and and that's I, and I understand we could sit here and would cry tears for Shaquille O'Neal's have one of the great lives of all lives of all time, but listening to this and seeing him, a man who's that accomplished, that rich, that celebrated, like pour his heart out about how he blew it with two women mm-hmm. that he said were perfect women, and how he's in a hundred thousand square foot house alone. I couldn't believe I was sitting there feeling bad for Shaq.
2: I, I know. I, was it his sister? Who was it? Um, last week or the week before that was talking about this very issue, how it's his own fault because he's so closed off and he doesn't let anybody in. He's just a very private guy, which I respect. I think that's that's fine. But I guess if it comes in between you and your wife or girlfriend... Uh, I guess that becomes obviously a problem. And yes, that line about I've got a beautiful family. I guess they're all grown up now. Yeah. And I look around and I'm in a hundred thousand square foot home and he's got nine of them.
1: Did you read that
2: part of it? I I did not. he has got homes all over the place. For who? Well, I I mean, I think those are
3: investment properties. I think that's the way that it generally works is let's put my money in real estate. And I also can uh, enjoy these houses occasionally if I'm in a particular place. Um, But, yeah, I think that's like uh, Giselle and Tom Brady did that. I mean, they bought a million different homes and then would fix them up and then sell them. And it had cachet because it
2: was Tom Brady and Giselle's house. Well, the photos certainly show a lot of his stuff in these homes. Yeah. So maybe that's a nice way to sell them and and rent them out, I guess. But, yeah, it's a a strange. Did you ever watch his reality show that was on... It was TBS or T. I forget what channel it was on. No, I never saw it. It was and it never really took off. It was pretty good though. It was him with his kids. His mom was always around. It was when they, he was living in Orlando, and I think he has since sold that home. And it would show the the vacations and the trips. And you see how close he was with his kids. Yeah, and very cool. And then they would show him going to work and how yes, he had life by the um, the Keones, as they say, and things were great. But then as you get older, and all of a sudden the women are gone and the kids are gone, you're left alone. Man. It
3: was like because it, 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 you would think if there's a couple of guys, if you said name like the top 10 people that you would want to be in America, Shaq would be up there because he's everybody's favorite person. Well, right. Because he's, he's he's well known and well liked like that's right there right off the bat. He's he's a Hall of Famer. He won championships. His career he has a successful post playing
2: career in broadcasting. Yeah. All of this incredibly stuff. generous with his money.
3: Yeah. And, and there's really not anybody out there that's saying a bad word about him. And he's sitting there telling Jason Kelsey, like, don't mess up like me. Don't do it. Yeah. Now, if I'm Jason Kelsey, that would definitely hit me in a way where I would I, I'd walk away from that going like, you know, I, I I don't need to play anymore. I
2: don't. You got a guy like Shaq telling you to, to chill. Well, I think there's a couple of things there. Number one, yes, you could. it's enough and you can go enjoy your life. But I would also say, too, it depends on the relationship. His wife might want him to play if he wants to play. I mean, yeah. who knows? what that relationship is like. Um, And also, you better have a plan. I mean, we've talked about this all the time. I mean, that that podcast is great. But if Jason Kelsey's going to retire and his only thing in life is now going to be recording a podcast every Thursday with his brother, Travis, what else is he doing all week?
3: Yeah, right, absolutely. Especially he's got uh, three girls. You know, I'm sure that they're still in school, obviously. So there's going to be a lot of downtime at home. I mean, I can't even... Imagine to go from being a, a Philadelphia Eagles center to having nothing to do yeah. in the snap of a
2: finger. I mean, that's why so many of these guys struggle with when to retire. And they do have as much as they're at the facility a lot, even in the offseason, they still have a ton of time where they're at home um, to where they get a feel for like what retirement life will be like. And then, you know, again, if you don't have anything lined up or planned, I don't know, maybe he'll go work for CBS or Fox. But not every player that retires can get into broadcasting. That's right. They can all start a podcast, but they all can't get into broadcasting where they have a full-time job come August, September, October, November, December. Um, and even in that case, like Tom Brady, I, I know he's got TB12, so I guess he's busy enough. But someone that retires that does get into broadcasting, what are they, when the season ends, then what?
3: Speaking of former athletes getting into broadcasting, did you guys happen to see last week, and I wanted to bring this up, but I had totally forgotten about it. Ryan Clark, so former Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. Steeler, ESPN personality. He also hosts inside the NFL now. Has really done a remarkable job post-playing career uh, in broadcasting. He put out this essentially hype video about his free agency in broadcasting. I did not see that, no and how back 3 years ago ESPN offered him a deal that he didn't believe was enough and he thought that he was worth more but he decided to take the deal and to grind and grind and grind and get to a point where he was going to be a free agent and i mean it is it's crazy it's like him putting on a suit and a tie and he's like he's like i wanted to be the best in the world and and now we're going to see and i'm like <laughs> It was just, I'd never in my life, see, I'd never seen something like that for a player,
2: much less a broadcaster. We all think too much of ourselves. Yeah! We are all replaceable, every single one of us.
3: I mean, and that's what I was, I understand that he's done a really nice job, and he's going to be a hot commodity, and a lot of guys are getting paid in this business, and he'll probably get paid, but I was like, if I was someone that was going to hire him, I'd be like, "Uh, I like everything about you, but this thing. Yeah, I rubbed like you the this. wrong way.
2: Absolutely. I don't like this video at all. It's, it's the, the same conversation. I I would like in this, the way Al loves talking about the cable companies, I find the, the broadcaster conversation fascinating. Yeah. Like there was John Madden and Pat Summerall. They ended. You think, oh my God, what are we going to do? Well, we've been just fine. And, and the games are actually even more popular now than they ever were. And Buck and Aikman are fantastic. But you know what? When they go, the next guys in will be, if not as good, they'll be fine. And we will continue to watch these games. We'll continue to watch these shows. And I don't know, thinking that you're all that important is a bit much. Yeah. And I'm uh, I'm trying to scroll. He This guy po- posts a lot
3: of stuff on X, so I'm trying to get back to it. I'll, I'll show it to you in the break. But it is, it's
2: really, I've never seen anything like it. Now, maybe it ends up working out for him. It might. And he might, someone might pay him a fortune. And good for him if that's indeed what happens. But if they don't. Yeah. I'm sure the show's going to be fine. So here it is. All right. So it's, this, this thing's got
3: like 2.1 million views, and he. it's like a It's like a two-and-a-half-minute video. And he says, three years ago, I signed an extension with ESPN. I was so grateful for more time. I ex- ex- was excited to prove I was worth more and felt I deserved more. We disagreed, and that's okay. I set out on a mission to leave no doubt and end all conversations about who I was in the business. I added the pivot and can't wait for our second season of Inside the NFL. I didn't
2: even know they still did inside the NFL.
3: Yeah, he goes, the season is over. The deal is up. Time to make a decision. Either way it goes, the mission don't change. I want to be the best doing it. I mean, like... Which is great. I know, but... But There was nobody in the world that was
1: like me. So I started my own stuff, bro. Like, I started the pivot. I I did the work. I got on the road. I went to every show
3: they put me on and made sure I crushed it. So now... Here we are
4: again. The season's over. Inside the NFL. It's finished. And somebody got to pay the piper.
2: <laughs> they don't, actually. They really don't.
3: Wow! Somebody's got to pay the piper.
2: Yeah, I know. I mean, really they, don't. if I was an executive, be like, eh, no thanks. I mean, you got companies going out of firing people all over the place. I know. You really don't have to pay the piper. Actually. No, 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 you don't.